Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Wisconsin Sportscast. I'm Mike Lucas. And I'm Tom Oates. And I'm tempted to let our next person here talk for himself, but he refuses to do so. So we'll just introduce Dylan Brogan. Is that fair? He can talk. He can talk. Yeah. And he's he's quite the conversationalist. Take our word. Also take our word that uh, you need to go to Leopold's on on, uh, Regent Street, Fabiola's Italian uh, spaghetti house. I did read a Now they're side by side. Yeah. So you on Regent Street. I did read a critique from one that noted that famed food person, Sly, uh, critiqued Fabiolas. Loved it. And Sly loved, loved it? Loved it. Yeah, because that's kind of his neighborhood down there, right? The old Greenbush. I mean, Sly has got a lot of friends in that area. And uh, he ate there, gave it A+. Plus. There you go. He graded it. There you go. So take it from him or take it from us, uh, Leopold and Fabiolas. All right, before we move into um, some, some things with the Green Bay Packers and, and Joe Barry and who's going to replace him, before we talk about the Badgers and the big week of, of hoops, before we even talk about the Super Bowl, i got to ask you about Doc Rivers and the transition in Milwaukee. Uh, number one, Otsi, how surprised are you that they made such a quick move to get rid of Garrett when they did in second place in the East? Griffin? Griffin, I'm sorry, yeah. Well, I'm, I wasn't surprised. I'm, I'm surprised he I lasted. forgot his name already. It's been that fast. So did the players. So did the players. I, I, maybe the players never knew his name. I don't know. I, I just, I, I think when the players lose respect for the coach and tune him out, you just have to go a different direction at some point or you're, you're going to have to change your whole team. And it's pretty clear the defense wasn't getting any better. Well, they were horrible the, in defense. The uh, offense was was good, but it didn't seem like anyone was happy in what they were doing on offense. At least with Doc Rivers, what you have is a coach that the players will respect. He's got a lot of chops in the league. He was a he was a very good player. He's been a coach for like 20, 25, like 25 years. He won a ring. Now granted he won a ring a long time ago. And uh he's got a bit of a problem he's got a bit of a, playoffs, of, a, of, a <laughs> of a of a playoff history problem. But the fact is, he's not a first-year head, first-time head coach like Griffin was. He carries a lot of weight like Griffin was, and I just thought Griffin was a bad fit. How I do, didn't know. No, I didn't you, know much you, about him. How do you hire hire Griffin? And then, well, I mean, part of their problem is above the coach too. How do you hire Griffin, and then go out and re-up Brooke Lopez when Brooke Lopez has no place in Griffin's defense? And, yeah. and that was proven. And it was proven. Yeah. Griffin had to change his defense two, three weeks into the season to accommodate Brooke Lopez because you don't re-up a, a player like Brooke Lopez and then sit him on the bench. Tell me this. Who hired Griffith? Did Giannis? I don't know. I, I think 
I do I think Giannis was involved? Yeah. I, and and think, rightly so. Do I think they talked to him? Yeah. I think did he put a stamp on him? Probably. I don't I don't see how you can but ultimately it's ownership and the GM that hires him. And I just I just thought it was a bad fit. For and, and you know, secondarily, why would you why do you have a team that you think has a window to win, whatever the Bucks think their window with Giannis is? Two years, one year, two years, three years, whatever. Why do you hire a first-time head coach? It was just beyond, and they didn't hire Nick Nurse, who, well, it was who, a strong candidate. who was Griffin's yes. boss and who then went to the Sixers and also has a title on his resume, I might add. The whole signing and hiring made no sense whatsoever. Were you None. okay with them getting rid of Budenholzer? I was okay with them getting rid of Budenholzer. I think his time had, his time had just, sometimes with coaches, their time has just come. Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, his time had just come. I don't like that they fired him a month to go in the season, but you know what? He knew his time had come. He knew that his run in Green Bay was over. I just think at, at some point, the newness wears off. They tune you out. They... Uh, in Mike McCarthy's case, the quarterback thought he was way smarter than the head coach. Uh, you know, all those kinds of Did things. Did Budenholzer get a, get along with Giannis? Do we know? Or was, I think so. Right. I, I do they did they butt heads? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they did. Everybody butts heads in pro sports. Everybody's like, has two agendas. I'm just the curious. Team agenda and their own agenda. How much power? They're all does, a small business. How much power does Giannis wield? I think we, he wields a lot of power. I don't think there's any question. When you're a player of that magnitude, and you know all Giannis wants is players around him that can help him win a title, and five years ago he might not have thought he knew enough to to do that. But I think Giannis, what he's been in the league ten years now, he's a bright guy. I'm pretty sure that he's got his ideas on on how he needs who he needs and and how they need to play to win a title. And you're going to listen to Giannis. You're. When you sign him to a contract like they signed Giannis to, you you're entwined. Your your futures are entwined, and he's probably going to be consulted on almost anything that happens major. Speaking of consulting, don't you think that will help in Doc Rivers' transition now to head coach because he was a advisor slash consultant to the Bucks this year? Well, I think what'll help him is that he's coached against them frequently in the last five, three, four years. Coaching with the Sixers, he's coached against them five times a year. Did they did they play a playoff series in there somewhere? So whatever, uh, I think he's very knowledgeable about the Bucks, their personnel, what they run, how they do it, etc. I think that's probably the biggest help. We mentioned uh, Doc Rivers' problem closing series, playoff series. How many times has he gotten to a third game, three wins, and then? been unable to finish. Well, if you quite a if few you times. look at Doc Rivers, his the knock on him is he's not a great X's and O's guy. He's a motivator. He's a he's a guy who can pull players together and point them in the right direction and do all that kind of stuff, but that he's not a great X's and O's guy. Well they got rid of a guy that proved to be not a great X's and O's guy. But I think the the beauty of of the Doc Rivers hire is I think the players will be pulling in the in the same direction. He's an experienced coach. Uh, he's a, he's a respected coach and a respected person in the league. I think uh, if nothing else, the, the, you'll see an almost immediate transformation. They, and they, people they do have like to them. start playing some defense, or they're not going to win anything. 
they've been just awful on the defensive end. And again, back to Doc, people like him. They, everybody He's a likable guy. Man. Yes. Uh, uh, fans like him. Players like him. Like him coaches like him. Like him. The media, media likes yeah. him. He's just a likable, nice guy. I, you know, I know there's probably a Badger fan or two that can't well, stand him because he's a Marquette Ruts. guy. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the fact is I, he's just a really, uh, he's a bright, likable, talkative, friendly guy. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can have an effect. All right. Staying in personnel with Joe Barry gone now from Green Bay. Do you have a favorite? Can you handicap that field? Is there any name that stands out to you among the names that have been thrown out there? Staley, you know, I was intrigued by, but then seeing how his defense has played when he was the head coach uh, with the Chargers, I have some questions about him. Yeah, now, I think Staley, uh, Brandon Staley might have caught lightning in a bottle that Super Bowl year when he was a one-year coordinator and he came up with the best defense in the league. Well, didn't Joe Barry work for Staley? Wasn't yeah. he a linebacker coach yeah. for Staley? Yeah. Yes. He, w- he was with the Rams for a while. What Staley did with the Chargers, uh, you know, the, there's there's a lot of talent on that team, and, the, and they did nothing. I mean, he, he just did nothing. Uh, do you want to take his, what, four years with the Chargers? Do you want to take that as the word, or do you want to take his one year coordinating the Rams defense when he had the best player in the league in Aaron Donald and a lot of other studs that they went out and signed uh, in free agency? And had a great defense one year, won a Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, you know, he's anointed as the next savior. I like a little more evidence than 16 to 20 games. Uh, and um, I'm not sure about Staley. I just want somebody that's aggressive. That's all. I, 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 the, Does he the, have to be experienced in I th- that position? I think they'd be best off because they're, they're, there's no breaking in period. They're ready to win. I think they showed – the second half of this season, that they're ready to win and they're ready to contend for A, the playoffs, and B, beyond, you know, deep into the playoffs. I think they've shown they're ready for that, and an experienced coordinator would be fine. Whoever it is, he sure as heck has to play a, uh, a varied style. I think I think Joe Barry did the same thing down after down after down, and you cannot do that in that league. There's too much good coaching in that league. You have to disguise things. You have to change things up. You have to change coverages. You have to do all kinds of different things, and I didn't see them doing that. Have you heard anything about Jimmy Leonard mentioned in any way or connection with the Packers this time around? Not a word. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Uh, I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure that ship sailed. And uh, what, three years ago? Do you think his name will come up with any other openings? I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not sure. I'm not, I, just, I think Jim Leonard has to decide what Jim Leonard wants to do. That's fair. And then pursue something is what I think is is uh, is really the case there. And I'm not sure that he, you know, he wants to move. I'm not. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to move. I'm, I just think he he needs to decide what he wants to do. One of the real tough parts of coaching is that if you decide you're going to be a career coach. You better be prepared to pick up and move, and not once, not twice, but a bunch of times, and move your family. Well, he understands and that as a player. He understands league, right? that as a player, and but you know his kids were little then, even, if, even and at the early in his career, he didn't even have kids at that point. But now it's it's a different story, you know, with the, with the age his kids are. You don't want to be picking them up and moving them every three or four years. You know what made me feel old, or rather older 
one of the names that, that surfaced with the Packers job was Bobby Babich. His dad. Coach for Don Morton. Yes. On top of that, the Tennessee Titans just hired, was it Brian Callahan, whose dad, Bill Coach, Callahan, Coach, Coach for, for Barry. Barry Alvarez. How about that? And I think Brian Callahan was like around seven or eight years old hanging around uh, Camp Randall when his dad was coaching. Back in the 90s? Yeah. yeah. Amazing, um, isn't it? Bob Babbage was was a, I think he was a D coordinator for the Bears. He spent a lot of time with the Bears. Yes, he point, did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always thought he was, I didn't necessarily think that that was a great staff that Don Morton brought to Madison, but I thought Craig Bolt was a good coach. Lovey Smith was on that staff. Lovey Smith was on the staff for one year. Then he bolted And I thought Bob was Babbage coming. was a pretty good coach. Mike I, Daly was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, then. yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not sure where he went. Craig Bull ended up at uh, as the head coach at Wyoming. Yeah, he did. Bull bounced around North Dakota State, right? Yeah. Bull was a good coach. And had great success. I thought, he was, I thought he was the best coach on that staff, including the head coach. So, um, Which didn't take a whole lot. So are you surprised by what we've got for a Super Bowl matchup or not? No. I'm, I I had Baltimore and San Francisco in there all the way. I just thought the Chiefs played a marvelous football game. And if you look at what happened with the Chiefs, it's what absolutely has to happen in the in, deep in the playoffs. Their big players played really big. Kelsey was great. Mahomes was great. Chris Jones was great, who I think is the best defensive lineman in the game. They're, but they got shut down offensively in the second half. Their great players played great. Right, though? They, they oh, got, no, they did. Oh, stuck. hey, that Baltimore Skunked. Baltimore is the best defense I've seen. Their two inside linebackers get, are so fast and play so furiously. So why didn't Baltimore do what it does best, and that's run the football? It just refused to run the football. I kind of thought that they would come out and run Lamar Jackson. They don't. I don't think they like to well, run Lamar Jackson all that much. I don't think Lamar Jackson be, likes to because run. Because he's going to get hurt. But I think when you're down in the second half of the uh, AFC championship game, that's when you say, okay, well, maybe we'll start running them a little more. I think Lamar Jackson in some ways is is really a key element of their running game, even though he doesn't run oh, that much. Oh, absolutely. Even though he doesn't run that much. Even the threat of him running is huge for their running game. And, but I thought Kansas City played great defense. And go back to Lamar Jackson, until he proves he can be an efficient down-in, down-out passer from the pocket, He's just never going to uh, be a, a, a championship quarterback. Look at the impact of a running quarterback against the Lions defense. How huge that was. And Brock Agreed? Purdy isn't even a great runner. No, but he made some big plays well, with his legs. we've seen that. We saw it with Rodgers. We saw it here with Russell Wilson. They weren't looking to go 60 yards for a touchdown. I think sometimes Lamar Jackson was looking to go 60 yards for a touchdown. They were looking for the first down stick. And then uh, get out of bounds or get down. Purdy reminded me of Mordecai and how Mordecai did things to help the offense with his feet and with his arm. Nothing sensational, nothing flashy, but he just got the job done. If that quarterback can get you one first down on every possession with his feet, that's huge. That's something a lot of teams don't have. Young Aaron Rodgers was like that. Russell wrote the book on it. The year he was here at, at Wisconsin, I was just so impressed because he just was was totally aware of everything around him. He just got first down after first down, and he was quick enough, fast enough to do it. But he didn't even try to, you know, take it to the house or anything like that. He just, get me a first down and let's 
line up and play again. One last thought before we, we take a break here. I, I really like the meathead coach in Detroit. I really do. But I thought he went for it on fourth down one too many times. Uh, he needed to kick the field goal to tie the game. That's the way I looked at it. He needed to kick the field goal to tie the game. How did you see it? He had to. He needed to kick the field goal to go ahead by 17 and go ahead by two well, scores the in the third scenario, quarter. Scenario, yes. But uh, no, I, you know, whether it's his macho man act or analytics, either way, at some point, some common sense has to enter into Absolutely the equation. Absolutely agreed. The football, sports in general, no two things are exactly the same. And you can't measure them analytically in their entirety. And sometimes you have to step away from that and, and forget about the odds and look at where your team's at, where the score's at, all those kinds of things. And I thought he didn't do that. It was just, we've done it all year. We're going to keep doing it. Well, It's not a good enough reason. It's not a good it enough isn't. reason. It isn't. Hey, we need to take a break. Don't forget, we're brought to you by Leopold's on Regent Street. We're going to come back with a lot more on Wisconsin Sportscast with Lucas and Oates. Welcome back to the Wisconsin Sportscast with Lucas and Oates, brought to you by Leopold's. Leopold's, check it out. Uh, this is the first time, I believe, in history that both Wisconsin and Marquette ranked among the top 10 basketball teams in the country at the same time. Is that correct? Uh, I'm not. Well, I made it up. If I made it up, it sounds good. I, I, if you made it up, it's a good stat. If it's true, it's a better stat. It's good for basketball in the state of it's Wisconsin. It's good for, for sure. basketball, and I always I like when both programs are good. I think it adds a lot. I think the game between them is is terrific every year. Yeah, it's a I, high energy game. It's a high energy Thanks game. Thanks to the fans, and, and you can't you don't get you know especially in the preseason or non conference season you don't get a lot of high energy games, and for, to to have that at least one really high energy game, and it's always played in the state. It's not like you're in the Bahamas, you know, playing uh, Virginia or Kentucky or whoever or Arizona. It's a, it's played in the state, and it's a and it's a game where people get involved. And hey, good for the good for them. I mean, I I think Marquette took a little hit there. They certainly took an injury hit, had a little step back, but they regained they regained their composure and they're back and back in the top. Well, 10. here's kind of an unfair question for you, but I'll throw it at you anyways. Which one of these two teams is better prepared? to make a deeper run in the NC2A tournament, Wisconsin or Marquette? I think Wisconsin, and I think for this reason. I think it's a more well-rounded, complete team and has better depth than Marquette. Marquette, uh, one thing, the big the big Australian kid, is is he Australian or New Zealand kid, Gold? He's played better, which they really, really well, they needed. Did they lose Jones? They lost, they lost a player yeah. for the rest of the yeah. season. That and hurts he, and he was a real spark, real scoring spark and, and, and uh, just a spark in general. So, you know, th their depth took a hit there. And they didn't have a lot of depth to begin with. And I, th if there's one thing about this Wisconsin team, it can withstand some things that happen to it because there's a lot of depth there and uh, a really well-rounded well -rounded team. They, they, uh, Marquette, if, if Iguodaro gets in foul trouble, they're, they're in— Yeah, they have some size issues, don't they? They're in deep do. They do yeah, on the glass. Yeah. All right, so the Badgers will play Thursday night at Nebraska. The Cornhuskers have lost one game— at home this year. I think they're 13-1, the only loss to Creighton. And then there's a quick turnaround from Thursday to Sunday afternoon where they take on Purdue here at the Kohl Center. So give me your thoughts right now on what you see out of the Badgers, most notably with Store and how he compares to maybe some of the players you've seen over the years in a Badger uniform. Well, he kind of reminds me of Johnny Davis. 
the, the year Johnny Davis had two years ago. I think he's a better outside shooter than Johnny Davis. Probably a little more explosive. I don't think he's as quick as Johnny Davis. But, uh, you know, I think it's it's taken a very similar path. Greg Gard has been wise to give – he was wise to give Johnny Davis a lot of latitude on offense, and I think he's wise to give A.J. Storr a lot of latitude on offense because they both have the one thing that some Wisconsin teams haven't had, the ability to just make something happen on their own. Yeah, and then you can go to the bench and bring in John Blackwell, freshman guard who can also create and do some Ooh, things besides and, playing and, his defense. And Klesmet has become somewhat of a creator offensively. And I, I just, the transformation in this team is really interesting. I, there's, I think there's big danger this week in overlooking the Nebraska game. Oh, you can't do that. Because, like I just gave you the, the numbers because, at home there. They're tough. You know, the Purdue game. I I think they need to split with Purdue this year, and that means probably means you better win at home because Purdue's pretty darn good at home too, and they're a better team than Nebraska, for instance. They're the you know Purdue's got Purdue's got it rolling right now too. I think they've clearly become the the top two teams in the Big Ten the way they're both playing. Yeah, and Illinois is close now. Getting Shannon back makes a difference for Illinois. Well, Will, I might be a little disruptive at the start. I thought, On the you know, road. <laughs> Illinois had played pretty well without him because they figured out a different way to play. The ball got into Marcus Damask's hands more, and now all of a sudden Shannon's back, and I'm sure he wasn't even practicing with him, So he's and now he's back, and you've added something pretty jarring uh, move right into the mix that they had kind of moved on from that. So it was... Uh, Illinois has got a talent, and I think by the end of the year they'll be really good. I think by the end of the year Michigan State's going to be really good. Well, too. I, they, they kind of, they're kind of confusing. I, they, they don't have the physical size on the baseline to pound the glass like they used to. That's not them this year. No, Wisconsin out-rebounded them by double digits in both games. When does when's that ever happen? Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. Izzo was saying last week he thinks there are three really good teams in this league, and then everybody else, and nobody at the bottom. So it's the top three teams, being who we know, is Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, then everybody else uh, in gridlock, and then really nobody at the deep bottom of the league. Yeah, I mean, what, what's the next best? I mean, I, I think Michigan State will still be heard from before the year's out. Because you, you count on Izzo more so than anything else. Yeah, but they have a bunch of good guards. Well, he's and, got some they, veteran they, players. They, are, they, can, they, can, they have guards they can shoot for the three. I thought that was a really good game Wisconsin played against Michigan State oh, last Friday. From, I, from, I'll from tell wire you, to wire. Because Michigan State had been playing well, which is what you expect of an Izzo team in January, is that they're going to start really hitting their stride and playing well, and they were. And I thought Wisconsin just was in complete control of that game from the opening tip. I, I just, they, at, you know, they had a stretch or two they got a little three-point happy late in the second half at one point instead of getting them to the basket and then subsequently to the foul line. But uh, other than that, I just thought they were in complete control of that game. And and that, was, that wasn't the Michigan State they beat over in East Lansing. That was a – this was a, a Michigan State team that had found some footing and was starting to make a move. But the Spartans had no answer for Stephen Crow and really for Tyler Wall. Stephen Crowell's physicality in that game, I thought, was unbelievably impressive. You know, he he wasn't getting when he shoots the, the jump hooks, the lefty, even light, right or left. Uh, last year he was getting bumped, and he would release the ball six feet from the rim. Now he's 
going right. He's got great footwork. He's got eyes on. He he does that. He's getting his shoulder. He's getting his shoulder past the guy, and he's got eyes on the rim, and he's going to the basket, not falling away from the basket. And it's really made the difference. But you have to be strong enough to do that. And his added strength, I think, has really helped him, and his footwork has really helped him. Uh, and that was a he. Just, he played a terrific game, especially when you consider it's Michigan State. So, assuming the Badgers don't fall into the trap in Lincoln at Pinnacle Bank Arena, what's it going to take to beat Purdue here on Sunday with the Giant? I mean, uh, you can't let Purdue shoot threes. I mean, the Giant is going to get his. Uh, you know, Edie is a, is a double double machine, and it's not twelve and ten. It's 25 and 14. I mean, he's, 30. he's a double-double machine. But what's made Purdue good in recent games is that they've really started knocking down the threes from a variety of guys. Well, uh, Smith and Lawyer are a good tandem in the backcourt. They're a good tandem And Jones was a good pickup as a transfer, right? The kid, uh, uh, 55, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, he and Damask played last year at Southern Illinois. I want to know how good how Southern <laughs> Why Illinois. Why weren't they in the tournament? <laughs> Thank you. But no, he's he's really come on. I think he's the biggest key. I think he's come on. Gillis, is it? I think he started. He's been around forever. He's been around forever, but he's knocking down threes. I, I just think they uh, what makes them, you know, when you have a guy like Edie, you have to play off him. And how do you play off him when he's 7'4 and he's always in the low post? You spread the floor and knock down threes, and I think that's one of the things they've been doing. I would think that that call center should be electric on Sunday. No early question. Afternoon, no question. No question. I thought it was uh, the call center has been good for a, multiple games this this year. I thought it was really good uh, Friday night for Michigan State. I thought I, I I thought it was good for Iowa, even though the students weren't back. I you know they did a smart thing by selling those student tickets to the general public and. They've had good crowds, especially since the Big Ten season started. I think they've had really lively, into it crowds. And I, a lot of that, I think, is due to the way the team's playing. I think this team's really fun to watch. And, I agree. Well, they're scoring. They're, it's, they're, it's fun to watch. And, and uh, whether, you know, they scored 70, 80, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're just fun to watch the way they play. And uh, I think people are really responding to that. And they're winning, of course. One last observation before I let you go. Um, Chucky, Chucky Hepburn, he's really changed his game. He's tailored his strengths to what the team needs at the time. You know, it's, it's, it's been an uh, interesting uh, transition for, for Hepburn. Yes. Um, the youngins out there might not remember this, but I thought uh, Tracy Webster had a similar transition during his career. And actually, Tracy was in town for Friday night's game. And got a nice, had a nice chance to chat with him. But you know, his first year, uh, he was a big. He was he scored, and then all of a sudden you got Michael Finley. Then you had Richard Griffith and Tracy, being a really smart, winning basketball player, completely changed the way he played. And his scoring went down, but he became a better player. And I think that's what's happened with Chucky Hepburn. It. You know, he's not shooting the three very well at all, 28% that, or something. That is disappointing. But here's better, the, here's, it's shooter. hard. It's hard when you're not getting your shot, when you're not getting consistent shots. Well, it's, you don't get in a rhythm, You don't do get you? in any kind of a rhythm, and every shooter needs to get into a rhythm. And he, and and But he's sacrificing that. 
I thought he played great defense on Tyson Walker. Oh, big time. And I, I, I just, he's, he's running the show. Izzo said that. He's just running the show. And, and the show is, you're getting scoring from Klesmit and Storr and Blackwell and Crowell. That's the, that's the story of this team. And, and the guy that's uh, orchestrating all that is Chucky Hepper. Yeah, he's getting the ball to the right person at the right time. That was Izzo's quote. And when you look back on the Michigan State win, off the bench comes the siege and off the bench comes winner. And boy, did they contribute. Both had triples, two triples each in that first half alone. So it gives Wisconsin even more firepower and goes, it speaks to the depth. Well, I've, I've been saying all along he had to get a siege and going. A siege and had to get himself going. However you want to look at that, whether it was coach or player, it was probably some of both. He had to get him going. He's too good a player not to use his skills. And just because you have, you've added a couple guys that can are more versatile offensively, so what? The more the merrier. And if you notice, when Connor Siegen is on the floor. Crowd loves him, though. The right. crowd loves him, but the offense moves. Connor Siegen moves without the ball. And the offense, I think, moves better when he's on the floor. Yeah, I just like the reception that he's gotten at the Cole Center because everybody is painfully aware of struggles this year. But when he does a little bit of something out on the floor and he comes back to the bench, he's no, uh, rewarded no. with applause. He's a good kid. He's got to he, help. He's a good kid. He's, he's outgoing. He loves Wisconsin. And he can really shoot the ball. Yes, and he can. It's a crime to have someone who can really shoot the ball not contributing. And he wasn't. there was a stretch early this year, for whatever reason, he was not contributing. But now he's contributing. He was really instrumental in Wisconsin taking that tennis halftime lead, whatever it ended up. He had two threes and a long two. And those eight points were really instrumental in that stretch. Big week for the Badgers. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Leopold's for their support and sponsorship. You've been listening to the Wisconsin Sportscast with Lucas and Oates. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.